You are listening to Discovery Church Podcast. We're going to start off Luke chapter 10, verse 38, uh, verse 42. We got it on the screen, itty bitty, but that's all right. Put on your, your, your glasses. And, um, and also, if you got babies, we have our nursery um, cry room in, is working like it, we got rocking chairs and the, they're actually videoing the service. So that's, you can watch it in there with your, ba- and so if you have a baby and you want to go there, or if you're like ADD and you just want to go there, y'all are going to be rough this morning. Let's pray. Uh, Luke chapter 10, verse 38, as Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught, but Martha was distracted. Have you guys ever just been distracted? By the big dinner that she was preparing, she came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all of the work? Tell her to come and help me. Verse 41, but the Lord said to her, My dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Come on, somebody. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. This morning, I want to talk to you briefly from the subject, friend with benefits. Friend with benefits. Come on. Touch your neighbor. Say, will you be my friend with benefits? I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. That's weird. Let's pray. Father, we love you. God, we thank you so much for this morning. God, we thank you for what you've already uh, have done in this place, Father. I pray uh, for the remaining time together that you would just, um, God, you would just speak to our hearts. Holy Spirit, every single person in here is going through something, and there's no way that I can can hit each each, uh, point that they need to hear. But Holy Spirit, I know that you can. And so we're asking right now that we would just receive what you have to say. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I was thinking the other day about uh, just like how you know and then like you know. You know? <laughs> like it's, there, there, there's, there, there's people in your life that like you know know. Right, because you have you have a relationship with them, you you hang out with them, you 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 do life with them, and then there's people like you you just know of. There's just people that you just you just you just know, but you don't like know know them. Right, like for instance, <clears throat> I know know my wife. That's good, right? Like, I know know my wife. Like, I know, why? Because we we hang out together, we spend time together, we eat together, we drink together, we sleep together. Hey, and like, I know her so good. I know know that if if I want to talk to my wife, I don't talk to her at nighttime. I talk to her in the morning. So I'm going to wake up early just because I know her. I know, I know what she she thinks, like, I know my wife. I know my wife that she doesn't do flowers, but she loves chocolate. I know her. I know my wife so good that I know how to decipher her code words. Tomorrow, later, 
headache. Like, I know what that means. Like, I know. Because I know her. I know her. Here's how I think you could really know that you know someone. Is my wife and I, we can go to dinner. We can sit at the same table. We can order our food. We can indulge in eating our meal and not say a word. And then not be awkward. That's how you know. I'll drink to that one too. But then I think that there are people who, like, you don't know, no. You just kind of know. You know of. Two weeks ago, I got to meet what I, who I view as, like, just one of my, my all-time, like, people that I wanted to meet Put in my bucket list, uh, Pastor Judah Smith. He was over at the conference in uh, in Vacaville for the youth conference, and and like I've been listening to his messages since I was 16. He's just he's had such an impact on my life, and so like I know all about him. Like I've read his bio, I know his kids' names, his wife's name. Creepy, <laughs> like it, like I just know of him. So, uh, so we went after he preached that night, we went backstage and, and I went to my pastor friend, Pastor Mark. I said, Pastor Mark, can you please introduce me to, to Pastor Judah? Like, I would love to meet him. And he's like, sure. So he, he brings me over to, to, to uh, Judah and, um, and, and they're in the middle of a conversation and it's just, and like I'm waiting to, to get my turn and I'm just like, you know, it's just kind of awkward, right? And then eventually, uh, Pastor Mark says, hey, Pastor Judah, uh, this is one of our pastors, Pastor John. And I was like, <laughs> I have like this great, great conversation in my head that I was going to say. And so Judah was like, hey, how's it going? I was like, good. He's like, do you, you look familiar. Do I know you? I was like, no, but we can. Like, like, he, he said no, and, and so I was, uh, or I said no, I, I don't know where, where, or where I know you, or where you know me from, or where you think you know me from. And then, it, and then it got to that part of the conversation where he didn't have anything to say, and I didn't have anything to say, and we're just standing there, silent, awkward. See, he didn't have anything to say, but my problem was like, I was like, don't pass out, don't pass out, don't pass out. Like my knees were, have you ever been there? Your knees are shaking. You could hear your heartbeat in your head. Like you felt like, I was like, oh my gosh. I felt like my brain was like, say something, idiot. <laughs> like it, and it got so awkward that finally Judah was like, well, it was great talking to you. I'll see you later. And he left. Come on, there's people that you know. And then there's just people that you know. This morning in our first week of our series, The Fantastic Four, we're kicking it off with this idea, knowing God. And my hope is that every person here, like, you don't just know God, but you know God. Like, you don't just know of God, but you actually know God. In the New Testament, there's two main Greek words that, 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 use, that we use. Uh, our English word is knowledge, and, and there's two Greek words that, that is used. It's gnosis and epigenosis. Now, gnosis, it's, and I'm going to get somewhere with this. Gnosis is, is it's that intellectual knowledge. 
It's that brain knowledge. It's that, it's that knowledge that you get when you're reading a book about something, gnosis. And then there's another a Greek word that, that, that is used for knowledge in, in the Bible when referring to knowing God. It's, it's this word epigenosis. And epigenosis, it's more than just an intellectual knowledge, but it's like this relational knowledge. It's like the knowledge that you get by hanging out with someone. It's the knowledge that you get by knowing someone. It's the knowledge that you get by hanging out daily and constantly getting to know someone. See, that's what we're going for this morning. Is that we don't just have like an intellectual knowledge of who God is, but we actually have this relational knowledge of who God is. Knowing him relationally. Now, now I will say this. Both knowledges are good. I am all for, for uh, gnosis. Gnosko is the verb form of it. I'm all for gnosko. I'm all for book knowledge. I think you should. If you're interested in, in, in knowing more about God, I think you should buy a book on theology. If you're interested in knowing God more, I think you should enroll in a seminary, in, in Bible college, and get to know who God is. But can I say this, and you can't miss this, that the gospel of Jesus is perfected in your and my life, not through intellectual knowledge, but through relational knowledge with you and me. See, God came down from heaven in form of a man so that we can have a relational knowledge with him. It's so much more than just intellectual knowledge. He wants us to know him, to know him, know him. To have dinner with him and not be awkward when it's quiet. To know him, know him. He desires that for us to know him. And this is important So important, actually, because you can know God here, but never know God here. And that's the problem. Jesus kind of alludes to it in Matthew chapter 7. He says this, this is the NIV, and then we're going to read the message. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will say to them plainly, I never knew you. That word knew is our word epigonosco. I never knew you. We never had that relationship. I love the way the message writes it. Uh, and this is a message. I can see it now at the final judgment. Thousands strutting up to me and saying, Master, we preached the message. We bashed the demons. Our God-sponsored projects had everyone talking. And do you know what I'm going to say? You missed the boat. All you did was use me to make yourselves important. My God. It doesn't impress me one bit. We can't just know God. We got to know God. We can't just know God. We got to know God. We got to have that relationship with God. We actually see this in our story that we read at the very beginning uh, with Mary and Martha. Uh, Jesus, he's headed towards Jerusalem, 
and he stops off in this town, Bethany. And in this town, Bethany, he stops off at his, his friend's house, his amigo's house. It's siblings. It's uh, Mary, Martha, and we know in the Gospel of John, it says Lazarus, their brother, was there too. So all the siblings were there at the house. And Jesus, he comes in. They're like, Jesus, hey. He comes in. It's time for him to get a little R&R, &R, and so he's resting, and he's just, he's hanging out. And, and the Bible says that Mary came, and she just sat at Jesus' feet. And she was just listening to what Jesus was wanting to say. She, she was just there, just, just taking it all, having this epigonosco, this, this relationship going on of just hanging out with Jesus, just doing life with Jesus. The camera, it pans from, from Mary to plot B. And in plot B, we have disgruntled Martha singing, it's a hard knock life for us. <laughs> Like doing, the Bible says that she's so busy making dinner. She's so busy taking her kids to sports. She's so busy cleaning the house. She's so busy that she's missing out on this relational time of getting to know Jesus. Now, I was thinking about that uh, when, when I was reading the story in and, and, and you got to remember that these, these are Jesus' friends, Mary, Martha, Lazarus. Like, they're homies. This is, a, this is not just a stranger. They're friends. And I begin to think, I wonder if the reason why Martha did not stop with what she was doing was because she thought to herself, I already know what Jesus is going to say. I already know that what Jesus, he's probably going to tell us that same story that he told us last time. About how he took two fish and five loaves. And he multiplied it. Like I wonder if the reason why Martha didn't stop with what she was doing. Because she knew, she already thought she knew what Jesus was going to say. He's probably going to tell me to love my neighbors. And she got so caught up. What if she got so caught up with thinking she knew it prevented her from actually sitting at the feet of Jesus? I want to propose to you this morning that the greatest danger of intellectual knowledge is thinking that you don't need relational knowledge. The greatest danger... We see this as people who are who are grown and who who are who have been Christians for a long, long time. A lot of people that I know firsthand, they they get to this place where, man, they've been serving Jesus so long, they think that I I've I've felt all the goosebumps, I've I've done all this before. I've lifted my hands before. I remember when I was a young lad, I used to jump. I remember, I remember when I was young and I used to cry when, when, when church was going on. And they, 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 they think that they graduate to this place where they no longer need that relational time. 
And, they, and, and I've seen it firsthand. They said, well, you, you know, I'm, I'm just going to stick with, with, with reading books about theology. And then they turn all bitter. And then they look at people who are, who are passionately pursuing this relationship with Jesus. And they're like, look at those people. It's a danger. What, what, what are you trying to say, John? Easy. Don't stop. Like, get knowledge in here, but don't stop pursuing the heart of Jesus. Don't stop pursuing the heart of Jesus. He has so much for you. He wants to encounter you. He wants to have this relationship with you. Don't get to the place where you think, I don't need it. Because he wants to know you. And he wants you to know him. He wants to have that encounter with you. That knowledge with you. So, he wants... God wants to continue to know him better. The Apostle Paul, he, he gives us a few benefits of, of knowing God in Colossians chapter 1. And this is where we're going to land our plane this morning. I'll go ahead and read it to you and then we'll, we'll break it down. So we have not stopped praying for you. This is Paul. He's writing to the church in Colossae. Praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete Knowledge. Again, that word knowledge right there, that's our word epigonosco. Complete knowledge, this relational knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way you will will then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord, and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. We also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power so you will have all the endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy. Always saying in the Father, he has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to people who live in the light. This morning I want to give you three benefits of knowing God. Three benefits of knowing God. The first one is this. Knowledge reveals purpose. Knowledge reveals purpose. God's will for your life is found in your willingness to want to know him more. I think a lot of us, there's this frustration that that kicks in with this, God, what is my purpose? God, why am I here? And, and, And we just become frustrated. I'm not really knowing, I'm frustrated of God, am I just, like, why am I, let me, actually, let me just stop there and say this, I believe no matter if you're here and you're a believer or an unbeliever, that God created you for a purpose. The Bible says that you are his masterpiece, created new in Christ Jesus, so that you can do the works that he's planned for you from the very beginning. Listen, you're here for a purpose and a reason. No matter what friends have told you, culture, Family member, you're here for a purpose. And so here, here, is, here, here is this frustration because a lot of us, we know we have a purpose, 
but we're frustrated because we can't seem to figure it out. Can I propose you this morning, if you want to figure out what your purpose on earth is for, that you need to get in a deeper relationship with who Jesus is. See, I liken it to uh, puzzles, right? Like my son, I loved it when my son had puzzles, like four-piece puzzles, because you can just like, I know where that goes. You don't need a grand picture of that. Like you can just, but now he's elevated into like those thousand-piece puzzles. And I'm like, Lord, help me. (laughs) And what's amazing is, how frustrating it could be putting together a puzzle without having the cover to show you what the picture is supposed to be. See, that's some of your lives right now. You're frustrated because you're trying to put together this puzzle called life, but you're not getting the blueprint from God of what it's supposed to look like, and you're taking pieces, and you're like, that looks like it should fit there, and oh, that doesn't look, and then that one goes here, no, that one doesn't fit there, and you're frustrated. Come on, God wants to reveal to you. He wants to show you the cover piece. He wants to say, this is what it looks like. Let me help you. Here's, here's the first piece. That goes right, right there. Uh, here's another one. That goes right there. He wants you to be fulfilled, everyone. He wants you to fulfill the purpose and why. Like it, it's not like he's not sitting in heaven saying like, I'm going to make it hard for them. <laughs> Let's see if they can figure this out. No, he wants to help you. But that comes to you getting to know him because he wants to show you his purpose. That's number one. Number two, and I'm almost done. The th- second benefit of knowing God is that knowledge stirs productivity. Knowledge stirs productivity. Paul says, when you know God, your life will produce every kind of good fruit. Can I say this? Knowing God should affect every aspect of your life. Knowing God, not not just knowing God, but knowing God should affect every aspect of your life. The relationship of knowing God more and more and more should make you better. And it should grow you and stretch you and strengthen you. All throughout the Bible we see, (coughs) excuse me, People who encountered God, people who were touched by God, people who, who had this, this, uh, this relationship with God, they always left the scene different than how they came in. I think of Moses. He went up on the mountaintop. He had this relationship, this time with, with God of getting to know him. So much so when he came back down from the mountain, the Bible says his face was glowing. Is your face glowing? When people see you, do they say, man, something is way different about this chick. Something is way different about this dude. Why? Because knowing God should produce 
things in your life, changing the way that you think, the way that you act, the way that you talk. Productivity. Knowledge stirs productivity. When you know God better, you begin to love better. Come on, somebody. When you know God better, you begin to talk better and love better and seek better and have faith better, pursue better. Number three, the third benefit is knowledge fuels power. Knowledge fuels power. Paul wrote, strengthened, that we would be strengthened with all his glorious power. That you will be strengthened. I don't know about you, but I've only had to strengthen things in my life that were on the verge of breaking. And I love what Paul is writing, that that God would strengthen you, that he would strengthen me, that as we get to know him more, he will strengthen us. As if he's writing to say, when you know God, when you have this relationship, it's okay to go to God broken. It's okay to go to God weak. It's okay to go to God helpless. Because when you get in this relationship with him, he'll build you up. Come on, somebody. When you're weak, he'll make you strong. That, Like Paul is saying, hey, knowing God, this relationship with God, it's there because he wants to strengthen you. I think it's very easy that in our weakness we become ashamed. Oh, I just messed up again. I just yelled at my kids again. Oh, I just said this again. And it's very easy to to look at a God that is so holy and say, God, I, I don't even want to come to you. I'm just, I'm all messed up. Can I say that Jesus died for you in your worst state ever? And we're going to talk about this next week is that how he just doesn't want to leave you there. He wants to stretch you and he wants to perfect you and he wants to grow you and he wants to change you. But Paul is saying, hey, knowing God, it's an opportunity for him to strengthen you. I'm so glad that we serve a God that is strong and mighty that when I feel like I'm about to bend, I could be sure that I'm not going to break because my God has my back. Come on, three benefits of knowing God. Number one, I'm going to start writing them at the end. Knowledge reveals purpose. Number two, knowledge stirs productivity. Number three, knowledge fuels power. Can we stand on our feet? We're going to end and we're going to sing. We're going to do one more worship song just as an opportunity to just allow God to speak to us. If we can have every head bowed, every eye closed. 
And so those are three great benefits of knowing God, but perhaps the greatest benefit of knowing God is that you would be able to live life to the fullest. Knowing God. It is our mission, our heart, our vision at Discovery that every person would know God. This is our heart. Thank you for listening to Discovery Church Podcast. Remember, we will have a new message for you every Monday at 5 p.m. Make sure to like and subscribe, and you will be notified when a new episode is ready for listening.